Welcome once again to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon, and today we're going to talk about the city engineering department. They deal with trails, they deal with streets, roads, highways. It's a long list of inventory these gentlemen deal with. First of all, Jason Taylor will be with me today, the director of engineering for the city of Fishers. Jason, welcome back. Good to see you again. It's good seeing you, Larry. Thanks for uh, having us on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, also the city's assistant director of engineering, Hatem Mekki, is with us. Hatem, welcome once again. Good to have you here. Thank you very much, Larry. It's, uh, it's a pleasure always talking to you. And uh, we have. I want to dig right into it. We have plenty to talk about today. The first thing I want to talk about, of course, is State Road 37. Um, I have one question that's just sort of a technical question because I see that 146th Street is going to be closed for a few days in early April uh, to allow for some State Road 37 construction, that east-west traffic will be closed off on 146th Street. Is that the city's doing? Is that, I know the county, I believe, has jurisdiction over 146th Street. Can you kind of clear up who's in charge and how that all works? I'll um, briefly talk about the way the contract's set up and our interlocal with the state as well as the county. But when it comes to the details of the the closures or lane restrictions and construction activity, Tim has really been doing a great job of managing that particular project on top of his other duties. Um, but the way that we set this up or it has been set up was there was an interlocal created between Hamilton County and um, the city of Fishers and NDOT such that the city of Fishers um, will be overseeing the project. Uh, financially, the county and the city of Fishers are all uh, splitting at 50-50 with the, the state contributing a lump sum of $100 million. Um, but essentially, it is the city of Fishers in collaboration with the county as well as the city of Noblesville because of jurisdictional aspects of it that we're we're leading the charge so if there's anything that needs to be taken to the county council or the city council that we we manage that and we work in collaboration with the hamilton county highway department very good i I think that's kind of a point of confusion with some people okay who ordered the closure of that road well you're working with these other groups you're in charge of the actual construction even though it is technically in noblesville they're at 146 the county has the the 146th street uh they're actually in charge of that for the most part so i just wanted uh to um get that straightened out so i'm going to go to hotem because uh, i've already seen that uh, the the setup is beginning 131st Street is eventually going to be closed off east and west at State Road 37. Um, let me just ask you, do you, I, I know you can't come up necessarily with specific ideas. Do you know roughly when that 131st Street will be closed off to east-west traffic, at least a general timeline, and how long you th- you think that will need to be closed? Because uh, we have one 126th Street. We sort of know how that went. Uh, will it be about the same schedule for 131st Street and the construction of that roundabout? Yes, absolutely. So uh, currently on 131st Street, we've started with the initial uh, maintenance of traffic phases. So basically what we're doing is providing the uh, the widening on the outside of the northbound lanes. So pretty much we're setting that up to receive both the northbound and the southbound lanes when the closure does happen in the future. So it's similar to 126th Street. It's pretty much the same um, scheme that we're following on 131st as well. So what we're doing right now is we're laying the groundwork for uh, our utility relocation 
in that area just south of 131st Street. So Vectran can come in and work uh, on their relocation schedule. So that should last us about maybe a month, a month and a half uh, in that time frame, um, depending on how the weather goes and how the um, how the advancement of all the work. Um, and then after that, we, we, we should be able to do enough work within that time frame to be able to switch the traffic onto the northbound, similar to how we did it on 126th Street when everything was shifted to the east on Stero 37, and then we start digging on uh, the west side. So um, I think as far as timeline goes, um, we're still obviously going uh, going to wait until Vectron is done with their relocation. And then hopefully uh, within a month or two, a month and a half, two months, depending on the weather and the schedules and everything that lines up, that's when we have all the traffic shifted um, to the east side, which is every northbound and southbound would be on the east side of 37. And then we'll have all of the digging operations start. And that's when um, traffic is is going to be restricted from going across 37. We obviously will have the right in, right out to the east portion of 131st. Uh, but obviously it will be close to the cross traffic going across 37. It's just hard to imagine all the complexities involved with the utility lines that have to be taken care of, and and uh, the re uh, shifting of the uh, shifting and reshifting of traffic along thirty seven. Because I know your goal has always been to keep two lanes of traffic north south going on thirty seven at all times, with very very few exceptions to that. And uh, you did successfully do that with one hundred twenty sixth Street. So whoever wants to chime in on this one, what will be the suggested detours? Once 131st Street is closed to east-west traffic on 37. Um, so uh, similar to 126th Street, uh, this is Hatem again. Uh, we'll be utilizing uh, Cumberland Road and we will be utilizing Allisonville for the major um, uh, detour routes. You can also uh, use the 135th Street, so just a little bit north of 131st. Depending on which phase that it's gonna it's gonna land in, you can access 131st through 135th Street from that intersection. So we're uh, we're we're trying as much as possible to maintain an access um, from one one way, either from 135th or 131st, depending on where we land as far as the the construction goes. That there is one point of access to 131st Street um, to from 135th. So again, the same. Same detour route was uh, that we had from 126th Street is going to be the same for 131st Street, so we can expect that. And we'll also keep rolling out the exhibits of where those detour routes are before we start the the closures, and we'll keep everyone aware, um, you know, ahead of time when that when that comes in. Well, hot time. I'll keep. I'll, I'll go ahead, Jason. Do you have something uh, you want to add? Yeah. Sorry. I, um, one additional thing. Um, to keep in mind on the detour is there are some private roadways that are in that area. Um, and we are making sure to coordinate with the contractor to, to not utilize those roadways um, and making sure that our signage is appropriate. Tim has done a, a wonderful job on 126th Street interchange in which the, the Parkside Drive, Publisher Drive, things of that nature, um, and just making that 
aware to the public as well that those are private roads and that are serving those businesses. And I'm, I know they want to utilize that. Um, but from a construction detour, we, we ask that the public follow the sign detour if they're just trying to access the interchanges. And I talked to the 37 Thrives group. That's the group that works with the businesses there where the construction's going on. So I think the idea is uh, take uh, the detours that work for you, but don't overload the private roads in the area. So that's your message there. And yes. well taken to someone who doesn't live very far from that area. Uh, hot Tim, you already mentioned 135th Street, and I would like to ask about that because that is eventually going to be right in, right out. Uh, but right now, there's still a traffic signal that uh, is still there and it's still working there, one on 135th Street as we speak. So, how long will that traffic signal be in operation for whomever wants to answer that one? Hot Tim. Um. Yeah, so currently that 135th um, signal is going to be available as long as we can keep it. We're, we're trying to mitigate um, the traffic that's going from uh, south of 131st all the way up to 141st and also into 146th Street. So the sign, we're, we're preparing to keep that sign as long as we can, and it will be the last thing that would be taken out in this project. So the time the time schedule itself is not necessarily like I can't I can give you a, an actual date exactly of when it's going to come but ba based on the phasings that we have is that this would be the last uh, the last thing on our schedule is once we get everything finalized that based on the where the traffic is going to be but that traffic signal is going to be there as long as as we can keep them so we can have access across 37 going from east side to the west side uh, on 135th street you know, I know there's some businesses of interest there because that uh, 135th Street across 37 does connect a couple of very important commercial areas. So what I'm hearing you say is that'll be the last thing you'll try to do. As so maybe into the late summer or fall would be a good guess as to when that uh, that that caught, that uh, traffic signal will be turned off. Yeah, we we will definitely be um, be advertising that time frame when that when that signal is going to come offline. We're going to keep the the businesses first aware of what's going what's happening. You know, through the Thirty Seven Thrives uh, initiative, uh, they will be the first people to know when that traffic signal is coming down, when the when the access across Thirty Seven is going to be restricted. So um, we'll be able to bring that out to the public when when we have a definite schedule of okay this you know within a week this is going away and we can uh, we can advertise the the other routes that you can get to those businesses so hot time is there anything else that people motorists in the area need to know uh, as we move into the summer this summer season of uh, 2021 for the state road 37 construction I think there's going to be a lot of work going on going on. Stay with 37. They'll see a lot of um, 146th Street action going on. In addition to that uh, restriction up on 146th Street for the seven day closure, um, they'll see a lot of work, a lot of construction people out there. Um, I'd, uh, I would advise for everyone to just stay within the, the speed limit. Uh, there's going to be a lot of contractors out there between 131st and all the way to 146th Street. Uh, we're all, we're also going to be finalizing 126th Street. Obviously, it's it's operational right now, and uh, it's it's going it's going really well. But we still have some outstanding items that's that people are not necessarily going to affect the traffic, but it's you're going to see some um, some some workers out there. So that's uh, just 
be careful when you're going through stay with 37 and um hopefully everything will be done as soon as possible yes I've, and jason uh, let me give you that opportunity as well anything about state road 37 people should be thinking about as we head into this construction season no i i, I think Tim has done a great job of explaining everything that's going on i just ask that everyone be patient as we continue through this major project uh 126th street went pretty well last year all things considered uh, traffic volumes were down pretty significantly. Um, I would just ask the patients as well as follow State Road 37 Thrives and our Drive Fishers website. If you get on the 37 Thrives website, you can sign up for text messages. Uh, that's a great way I personally am signed up um, just because it, it's just that added reinforcement of, oh yes, this is this is occurring. Um, and, and in addition, um, Try to target your businesses that are in that area because of the construction. Try not to avoid it. Uh, we really want to promote it. Um, so I appreciate everyone's patience. Yeah, that's those are all good points. And I have plenty of businesses in that area that I you know frequent. So I'll, I'll always find a way to get in and out. And, and I would encourage the other regular customers to do the same thing. I want to stay with you, Jason, because the nickel plate trail work continues. And I think when it comes to the nickel plate trail for this construction season one of the biggest issues you're preparing for and that the public will need to deal with is the construction of the tunnel underneath 116th street that's going to require uh, a major rerouting of traffic right in the heart of downtown fishers so i know i'm not going to ask you for exact timelines because i'm sure you don't have those they're always un, uh, unknown things about you know, that that you can't predict this far out, but do the best you can for some general guidelines and uh, timelines and so forth. And what what residents should expect in that area of 116th Street by what were the old railroad tracks and is now becoming the Nickel Plate Trail? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So on the Nickel Plate Trail, specifically at 116th Street, um, we do have some set timeline timelines for the contractor and the closures. Um, Essentially, in, in the month of May, our, it's going to be a lot of uh, preparation work. So there will be lane restrictions on 116th Street. And we're working with our PR group to make sure we push out information to the public as well as to the businesses as we get closer to those dates, um, because it is fluid and dependent upon weather as well as some of the construction activities as they're progressing. Um, but the month of May will have lane restrictions on 116th. June 1st is our target for closing 116th Street, and we've been in communication with the businesses on this, and that schedule really hasn't changed as of yet, um, and it'll be June 1st through August 1st, approximately a 60-day closure. Um, we're working through some of the details of the, the actual detour route. Um, for eastbound 116th Street, we've commonly used Hague Road to go south to 106 and to access the interchange if people are trying to go to um, continue on 116th Street or to just access the interstate to go south or north. Um, for the westbound traffic, that is where we're, we're still determining if Lantern Road would be that better approach or if we need to look at a different alternative um, and, and hit traffic sooner, such as at Cumberland Road to 106. Those are some of the things that are just minor nuances that we will make sure we push out prior to. 
Um, one, one thing that we are working actively with the businesses, our PR group and our public works group is to create some special signage for the businesses, as well as some specific um, detour routes and maps for those specific businesses to be able to give out to their, their customers, clients. Um, there's obviously the cut through detour traffic but uh, route that we need to follow, but then there's the um, specific events. Summertime downtown is active, um, whether it's a concert or farmer's market. So we're really aware of that and trying to make sure that we mitigate that traffic and provide as much information as possible to the public. So these are things that we are working internally to try to accommodate for each of these events. Um, and as we kind of get closer to those events, we will make sure to push out more information through our PR, whether it's next door app, drive fishers, or specific through our parks department. Um, but going back to the question of when is the closure, lane restrictions are going to be in the month of May, and then the closure will be June and July. Yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, you got ahead of me on the detour question. I obviously am interested in that. And, you know, I was looking at the map, and just as somebody who travels in that area, I thought, where in the world are you going to put the detour? And I can see you've got the same decision because there's no, there are not in-your-face simple answers to that. So you're, that's to be determined in, some, in many ways. Yeah, to, to some extent it is to be determined. We, we have routes. It's just a matter of trying to, one, see where the traffic volumes are at as we kind of come out of this pandemic and see where how they're increasing or staying low. Um, and then also in conversation with the businesses because we don't want to detour traffic too soon and then pull traffic and away from the downtown area and businesses. You know, I have what may seem like a really stupid question, but I'm going to ask it. I'm famous for doing that, asking stupid questions. I see people on the Nickel Plate Trail. Is the Nickel Plate Trail officially open yet? That's not a stupid question, Larry. Um, there, that is a very good question. It is unofficially open, we would say. Um, the paved portion, the portion that is not paved, we, we request that the residents do not utilize it. We definitely don't want motorized vehicles on any portion, whether it's paved or unpaved. Um, we've went to great lengths to put snow fencing and other barricades up on those sections that are unpaved. Um, the crosswalks, the reason I say it's unofficially open is we still have some additional work that we have to do on the crosswalks and we're waiting for the temperatures to get to an area that we can put markings down and finalize some of those signs. Um, we have currently our push buttons that are bagged so that you can't really hit them to kind of indicate that, hey, it's not open yet. So be cautious when you're crossing here on one of these major roadways, 106th or even 126th. Um, but yeah, it's people are using it and on a nice day. You can see 50 plus people out there um, walking it, which is what we want. It's just make sure that you're cognizant of the, the construction activities because we do still have some that are going along there. So if it's a paved area, you're welcome to use it. Uh, but be careful. I mean, the crosswalks came to mind, too. Be very careful with the crossing of the streets, and there will be improvements coming there. One other question on the uh, Nickel Plate Trail. Uh, I understand there's been some delay. It is COVID-related. 
uh, in terms of the construction that that whole complex of First Internet Bank across from the municipal complex. And there's also uh, going to be a, 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 a hotel that's going in in that area. And some of the nickel plate amenities are tied to that construction, as I understand it, if I remember all those uh, renderings correctly. So will that construction delay of that complex around First Internet Bank and the, and the hotel, is that going to impede in any way the work on the trail itself? No, that's a, that's a really good question, Larry. The, um, the surrounding development is not going to delay the opening of the trail. Uh, currently, we're set for the opening of the trail to be spring of next year. And the reason being is because of that development, they need to put their facades on and they need to utilize that um, trail portion of those approaches down into that tunnel and out of the tunnel. They need to utilize that for their scaffolding to be able to reach the tops of their buildings. Um, so we've been in coordination with them, but currently the, the buildings that are currently under construction, those are on schedule as far as we're being informed. And we do not see that delaying the grand opening. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the trail will be essentially open in spring. Okay. Very good. I'll ask Hatem to answer this, or you can, uh, you can punt this to Jason if you want. But I went back and, and you know, I try to cover the Board of Works and Safety meetings when I can, either uh, looking at the videos or, or in there in person when I'm able to go. Uh, but recently I, uh, I, went, I saw uh, uh, the video of a meeting where the announcement was made uh, that there were certain neighborhoods that would be getting resurfacing of their streets, which brought happy responses from the places where the streets are being resurfaced but not sad responses in some cases for those left off the list. So what I really would like to find out, and I get this question all the time, I want to give both of you a chance to, to, to address this. Explain the methodology that is used by the city, because you have a certain amount of money, and by the way, that wheel tax you pay when you get your uh, license plate renewed, uh, that's money going to neighborhood streets for the most part, as I understand it, city streets, so certainly. Uh, but... The reason I ask this is I think people would like to know what system do you use to determine which neighborhood streets are resurfaced first? Uh, I think Jason would like to answer that first. Yeah, uh, that is a question we get often from residents. Uh, the, the HOAs will reach out, and it's, it's pretty easy for us to, to answer that. We utilize what's called a PACER rating, P-A-S-E-R, and it's a pretty simplistic, proven and accepted standard across the U.S. that is utilized. And it's a scale of one to 10. One is, is that you can't even drive on the road. So the road is in horrible condition. And a 10 is a brand new road that you just constructed, such as 96th Street added travel lane between Lantern and Cumberland. That'd be now rated as a 10. Um, and so we, we have to take, because of funding levels, we have to take a worst first approach on it. Um, but we do an, a collaboration with our public works department and making sure of what their maintenance schedule is, because we do a lot of in-house maintenance of cracked ceiling, spot repairs, things of that nature. And we try to coordinate where we need to go. Um, and then what we do is we, we say, all right, um, let's call the worst neighborhoods in the, the city as a rating at a four. Well, then we tried to break that off into the, the subdivision itself of 
well, we don't want to, this section's a four because it was built in 2000. Well, there was another section in that actual neighborhood that was built in, started being built in say 2004. Well, we'll stop in that 2000 section or phase one, depending upon the, the actual neighborhood. But we try to take an approach of, okay, let's do the worst first, the threes, the fours, the fives, based on the funding levels. And then we we group it into trying to get the most of that neighborhood as possible. And then anything that we can't, and we know that we need to get into next year, we work with Public Works to be able to try to put together a maintenance plan that they go out and do temporary repairs on it. Does that answer the question? Yes, it does. And I think that's a question, as you said, I'm sure you get that. I get that as well. And I do have seen that PASER, P-A-S-E-R system noted many times in, in city documents. So I wanted to give you a chance to. So just to, to clarify one point on this, uh, does your staff actually go out and inspect these streets or do you just look strictly at when they were first built or is it a combination of other factors? No, that, that's a really good point that I didn't discuss. Um, so what we do is we have our public works team because they're the guys that are out there driving every street every, all the time, every day. We have them rate that for us. And we try to rate it um, twice a year. The first time being before winter hits. And then the second time sometime around March, April, so that we can get the most recent, because if something rates as a four, it doesn't mean that the next year it's going to be a three. It may stay at four, on the pacer rating for another three years, but these guys know what's been done, how they, how much they've had to, to treat it on a temporary basis with their own forces. Um, so we have them go out and do the rating. They provide us a map. Um, and then what we do is we put together our first blush, should we call it on the roadways based on funding levels. And then we'll go back out and we'll confirm that rating and make sure that we are seeing eye to eye on what the condition of that roadway is. Let me move on to something else. Ha, Tim, I'm going to try to get you in. I know you're the State Road 37 guru, with, uh, but he, I know you do, you're do. you involved in other things. And if you're not able to talk about this, uh, defer to Jason, please. But uh, 96th Street, there was a lot of work on 96th Street last year. Uh, what should uh, people be looking for on 96th Street for 2011 or 2021? I'm 10 years off. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think people have seen a lot of work that's been going on, whether it's the added travel lanes um, from um, Cumberland to Sargent Road. There's that new roundabout that we did there. We widened uh, the bridge uh, over the creek uh, there. So there was some uh, traffic restrictions from that from Sargent to Cumberland for, for a while there until we finished the construction. Um, I think there is uh, the one thing that I think that they're going to expect this this season is just we're going to go back and look at all of the pavement markings uh, along 96th Street and make sure that they all um, make sense. And all of the old ones are, are removed and a new pattern is uh, is agreeable with the signs that we have uh, overhead um, and then just close out items for 96th Street for the added travel lanes. Um, I think there's, uh, I don't know if there's anything else, Jason, that's uh, programmed for 96th Street, but I think uh, that's that's um, what I can recall. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, the pavement markings are uh, an item that we are aware of, especially on the concrete section. Uh, the paving operations occurred at a time that 
the temperature started to drop. So we had to just hurry up and do some temporary pavement markings, uh, such as it's called paint, same as what you would use in your home. Uh, but then we knew that going in that we would have to remove those and then put in something more, the permanent uh, as long as well as raised pavement markings, which are those reflectors to um, at nighttime allow you to see the lane delineations. But on the added travel lane, there's just some minor punch list items that we have to finalize on the bridge and uh, making sure that grass continues to grow. That is good news for people living in that area, I'm sure. Yes. Let me stay with you, uh, Jason. The uh, Northeast Commerce Park, which is that Commerce Park right next to downtown, essentially, uh, there's a uh, main road there's called Technology Drive. If people don't, that doesn't ring a bell. It's the home to the entrance of Launch Fishers. And of course, the IOT lab is there. Lots of other businesses in that area. Uh, it is set for some uh, resurfacing. Talk about that and how that may affect people or impact people who work and, and just travel in that area. Yeah, recently we've contracted with a consultant in order to be able to figure out an innovative innovative way to um, in, do improvements. Concrete roadways, although they're very good, they last long periods of time. Um, for maintenance purposes, sometimes they're a little bit more difficult to to do in-house. Um, so this is a roadway that we're trying to figure out how can we improve it? Is there an innovative way? I mean, technology drive, the name itself uh, kind of lends itself to figuring out technology. Um, and our goal per the, the consultant agreement that we took to the board recently is to have it in August. But we're also working with that consultant to try to get it done as soon as possible, maybe even as early as June to start the construction. Um, and working with those businesses on the, the look and the feel of that, we're still pretty early on um, on the, the design aspect. We've just recently met with them to be able to determine options of do we rubbleize that, which means we take the concrete, we bust it up and then we pave over top of it or do we do a complete reconstruction do we use something that we use plastic bottles as part of the material in the asphalt what is it that we can do and those are some of the things that we're vetting and we want to we want it to be innovative but at the same time we want it to be proven we don't want to go too far outside the comfort zone because we're you know we got to be good stewards of the taxpayers dollars um but we're looking to make sure we include pedestrian facilities in that area as well um, as improving the pavement. Yeah, and, and you may not know the answer based on what you've just said, but uh, do you know if you'll need to like close off an entire section of road? And that's almost like a circular, not quite a circle, but kind of a circular design there. If, if you had to close off one part of it, you could just go around a little further and still get there. Do you know if you'll be closing off uh, uh, any of Initially... That? Initially, we are looking at it being, um, during construction, a one-way. Okay. Um, we would do half at a time, right, in, in sections. But uh, that is going to be something we're going to coordinate with the contractor. And we'll make sure to let the – we'll take a similar approach to what we do, do on other projects that we'll, we'll let the businesses know, but then we'll let them push out the information to the public as well as have it on our Drive Fishers website. Hot Tim, I'll give you the first shot at this one. One area, the most growing area in Fishers now, is that area along the southeastern parkway, north and east, uh, the northeast section, I guess you'd call it, of, of the city of Fishers now. There's so much growth uh, going on out there. 
And uh, there's there's obviously road work that goes, and not necessarily right on Southeastern Parkway, but those the, the, the general area, not exactly that road itself. Uh, what should uh, people in that area be looking for in terms of construction this season? Well, uh, as far as this season, go- well, let me talk about Southeastern Corridor um, first. We've uh, we've identified that this area has been an area of continued growth. So there's something that needs to be done uh, as far as revitalizing that roadway. Um, there is a couple of projects that are slated to go into uh, Southeastern, uh, not necessarily this year, but they are programmed there, uh, whether they're in design or the final stages of design, there's going to be some improvements going on there. Uh, we actually do have uh, a project slated uh, here uh, to let at the end of the year, and that is the Cynthian and uh, Southeastern roundabout. Uh, so that's just uh, if you're aware of where that uh, high school um, coffee shop is in the high school, that's pretty much uh, at that location. Uh, we have development that's coming in in that in that area as well. So we're in coordination with all of these um, uh, people at the same time. We're uh, in coordination with the school, with the cafe, with with everyone in that area for that project. So that should uh, that should start um, in the con- in the construction season of next year. Uh, in addition to a lot of other um, programmed uh, projects in that area, which is um, uh, 126 and southeastern. So there's also going to be a roundabout in that area as well. Uh, but that's still slated within the next three to four years for construction. Um, along that, those lines, there's also plans, uh, and I know that there has been um, a recent construction on 136 to Cynthia where the roundabout came in. So, um, and there's also uh, a new roundabout that we put on 136 and Southeastern uh, that goes into that, um, that park that I think it's um, the medical park up there. Um, so we are also in the first stages of design of widening 136th Street from Cynthia uh, to the east all the way to southeastern to the west. So we're, we're going to go with the boulevard-style uh, roadway from, uh, from southeastern to Cynthia. So that's, that, that's still in design. We're still doing the survey on those two projects, so it's still preliminary. Um, obviously, we're going to go through the big, you know, design stages of uh, preliminary going out and um, talking to utilities, talking to the public and advertising through to all of the to all of the people in the area. So that's still um, two pro- two big projects there in that area with uh, with the southeastern and Cynthia and roundabout that's coming in next year. Um, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of movement in that corridor in the next three to four years as far as projects coming in and um, and, and other development as well. And Jason, if you have um, other information. Yeah, I, I think that the only couple things that I would add would be the Southeastern and Cynthia roundabout. That's gonna be a six, what we're targeting is a 60 day closure during the summer months. So it's not impactful to the schools. Um, originally it was supposed to be slated for this summer, but we worked with the businesses to push it due to the pandemic uh, hardships that were felt then. We didn't want to then hit them with a, a closure right there at their intersection. So we moved it to next summer. Um, and then to, to Hatem's point of, we have a lot of projects that are in the area in the design phase. They'll, pro- they'll start residents in the area will start seeing survey crews out there 
just be mindful. Uh, these guys are there's it's a narrow roadway. These guys and gals have to get the necessary information so we make the necessary improvements. Um, one last thing I would add is this coming next week during spring break, our public works team is doing a closure at 126th and Southeastern because we have a project for a roundabout there that is slated in late 2023. Um, but the roadway is in pretty poor condition and needs something prior to then. So, so our public works has taken charge and doing some upfront work for us. I do want to clarify one thing. Hot Tim, I think you made a, just a slight error, slight error. There is an intermediate and junior high there at an yeah. elementary, but there's no high school. Last thing I want to do is start a rumor that there's a high school going <laughs> in over there. Uh, easy mistake to make, but uh, just want to You're clarify. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's not a high school. And the, the rumor is that there'll be a high school built out there. No, there's no plan for that now. I, do <laughs> right. cover, I cover the school board, and, and there's no talk of that, just so people know. They've got a nice new elementary school there yeah. right now. Let me stay with Jason. You're right. Yep. Okay, just to clarify that, and it's a small thing, but it's it was a great rundown on, on the road construction going on planned out there. Jason, I want to ask you about something because late last year I was looking at some of the my notes on uh, on some of the board of works meetings, and you it was an annual thing that's required, I think, by the state. But you uh, told the board of works that uh, there was an addition uh, of twenty eight hundred miles of new roads in the city of Fisher's inventory and the total inventory for the city of Fisher's for roads is, was just under at that time, 400,000 miles. I mean, that's something people don't yeah. think about. That's a, that's a lot of roadway. And uh, well, I want you to talk about that, trying to manage that large inventory. But first, when you get new roads, like 2,800 miles is a lot. Where do those new streets and roads come from? So I think I need to clarify first. We are just under four hundred miles. Did I say four, did I say four hundred thousand? You did. <laughs> well, so, I, I guess I thought I saw that. So it's is twenty eight hundred a correct? Uh, uh, no. Um, if I stated that at the board meeting, that was an error on my part. Well, no, I, I got, it was it was written, so it wasn't something you said. Okay. So uh, and, it's um, okay. Well, it's still a lot of miles. Okay, not as much as I said. So you clarify that for me. What's yeah. what's in the inventory? So really, what it is? That's a really good question. That um, we have a just under four hundred center lane miles, and that doesn't mean lane miles. What that means is that every road, the center line, that's how many miles we have. Um, and each year we're seeing anywhere from eight to 15 center lane miles added to our inventory. And where those come from are the, through the use of annexation. If a, a property owner or subdivision or a business annexes into the city, then that then becomes the city's responsibility to own, maintain and operate their, those public roads. The other way is, is, um, if there's a subdivision or a business that is built and those public roadways are accepted into the city inventory through the process of the construction of those roads. So a subdivision is started construction. Let's just theoretically say now it's not completed until next year. Those roads won't be accepted into our city inventory until after we do a final inspection, make sure they're up to our standards. They've met all of the requirements, not just from the engineering, but the other departments. And then we bring it into our inventory. And that's what we do every year at the end of the year. We submit that to the state 
so that they can keep their database open because that is how we generate um, motor MVH funding, the motor vehicle. Um, and it's distributed throughout the state, depending upon how many lane miles or center lane miles you have to each of the communities based on your population and all these other nuances that are way over my head. Um, but that's that's really the 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 purpose. Of well, obviously, just figuring out how many miles is over my head. I wrote down the wrong amount. <laughs> so it's like 400 miles. Is that uh, 400? Okay. I think we're at 399.9. That's still a lot for a city. It is very much so. Um, I could ask more questions, but I need to cut this off. So I'm going to ask each of you just to add anything I didn't think to ask. Hot Tim, I'll give you the first shot at it. Anything you want to say about what's going on with you and the engineering department uh, that I didn't uh, get around to? No, I think as far as um, uh, I'm highly involved in that 37 project, I think the the public has been very great at absorbing a lot of the information that we've been sending out Um We've seen them uh, accommodate a lot of the closures and accommodate a lot of the traffic uh, uh, maintenance that we've we've been uh, working on. Um, so I think as far as from my perspective, I think uh, just hoping that all of this uh, construction time goes by quickly so uh, people can actually enjoy the traveling through the city of Fishers and going from the east to the west of 37. And um, and hopefully see uh, see out all of these improvements that we do and help out everyone at the end. So that's um, I think that's my my addition. Very good, thanks, Hot. I appreciate you uh, giving us that information, uh, Jason. Um, your last shot at it. Anything you would uh, like to say at this point? Yeah, I think that um, I just appreciate everyone's patience over the past few years. We've had a, a large amount of infrastructure projects that have occurred. This year, we're gonna have a little bit of a break besides the 37 and some of our road resurfacing. We don't have a lot of capital projects, what we call them, the major reconstruction, rehabilitation. Um, but in the next few years, as Hatem had alluded to, um, we are gonna have another injection into the capital major road projects. And we just ask that everyone be patient. Uh, we are always pursuing federal funds to help push projects, reduce, um, the, the cost for the taxpayers and just follow us on drive fishers, whether it's Twitter or on Facebook, because that is going to be the best way to get your weekly updates. And then for 37, follow the 37 thrives. Yeah. And I do the best I can to follow them and let people know as well. But yes, I think the best thing to do is, is to just go use social media, use the, the various tools most of us use to, uh, to get, uh, up to date. I want to thank uh, both of you for taking time out of your very busy day to uh, talk with me. Hatem Meki is the city's assistant director of engineering, and Jason Taylor is the director of engineering for the city of Fisher. So, gentlemen, thank you very much, and always enjoy talking to you. Lots of good information, and uh, yes, the same. I think uh, I've received the same advice since I've lived here in 1991: be patient with road <laughs> construction. It's it's a message I've heard many times. But when the city grows, you need to do that. Thank you, gentlemen, and have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Thanks Larry. Larry.